0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Umad Mad Bro podcast, and I warn you of mature content ahead. This show aims to tackle controversial topics going on in the world on a week-to-week basis. The platform of this program is opinionated and occasionally supported by examples and facts, but does not ever aim to be definite. That being said, the views offered by our hosts and guests are not intended to offend or hurt the feelings of any person, no matter their race, gender, sexual orientation, political viewpoint, etc., They only serve as catalysts for poor attempts at humor and maybe a different way of thinking. If you're such an individual that is easily offended or cannot handle your own viewpoints being challenged, you've been adequately warned to not participate. If you're still with us, then please stand, kneel, or lay down. Just be sure to remove your ball caps for the national anthem. What? You mad, bro? All right,
1: all right, all right, all right, all right! All right, <laughs> fucking all right, all right, everyone settle down, everyone settle down, settle down, we are back for another episode, all right Nash, of the, yeah, U- we are. Of the new, the, the You Mad Bro Podcast on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, we've had a handful of brand new podcasts join the platform in the last week or so, and by that I think maybe one or two, but anyway, welcome to, to the program. Very happy to have you here. If you want to go check all them out, go to biggestpocketadoptions.com to get all the latest and greatest from us. This is the You Mad Bro Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. You Mad Bro Podcast. Woo! We're talking stimulus today. Nash, you ready?
0: <laughs> We're talking stimulus. Can I get stimulus for two fifty?
1: <laughs> yeah, I talk really fast. It's something I'm working on. As a podcast, I probably shouldn't talk so fast, but I get excited.
0: I like it. Gets me excited.
1: Oh, hello. Yeah, so new, stim- yeah so, so new stimulus. You ready? Talking about it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the, the whole podcast? <laughs> yeah, we're doing that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might, might as well,
0: right? We're here. All right, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, stimulus. so
1: after months of stalled negotiations, a bipartisan group of senators put forward a new stimulus package proposal. Nash, we're going to get paid with the help of Bill Clinton. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Definitely not. <laughs> so the plan, which the senators said was intended to be a framework for legislation both parties could agree to, includes an additional $300 a week in expanded unemployment benefits and $25 billion for housing assistance, among other actions, which we will get into. Um. These two provisions are essential for continuing assistance to Americans struggling during the COVID pandemic as both federal unemployment benefits and the federal eviction moratorium set to expire at the end of the month, which is December. In case you forgot, if Congress does not act, upwards of 12 million Americans will lose their benefits on December 26th. So Merry Christmas. Um, and, and An estimated 19 million will risk losing their homes during the height of the pandemic in the coming months months. So Nash, I know this doesn't have to be said, but how important is stimulus right now?
0: Uh, It's pretty important um, because people just can't do a lot of the jobs like uh, with FDR's whole thing. You know, it can't really can't really do the New Deal type thing with all the COVID going on. And uh, there's also not a war, well, not a big war uh, to save us. So we can't really, you know, get out. Most people, for a lot of people, can't do their jobs without being at risk.
1: Yeah. And they're refusing to let them do their job, which has been a running theme of the show for the past few months. If you can't let people work, you got to do something. Or you're going to let them work. And as I first said, stalled negotiations, because, you know, the election. Yeah. So now the election's over. uh, I believe Congress has, until the end of this week, the 11th uh, to actually get... The budget for next year set in stone, which is going to include this bill. Before, actually, you know, it's the 11th. Goes the the House goes on recess for the holidays on the 11th, and the Senate is on the 18th. So I don't know why they do that so early. Oh, because the the holidays uh, start. Well, Hanukkah starts. I think Hanukkah starts this week, so that's probably why. So strike that. That actually that makes, makes that sense. actually that actually makes sense. So I take back what I said. All right. So the new plan. Uh, The new plan would include $160 billion for state and local governments, $288 billion for loans to small businesses, $180 billion for unemployment insurance, which reportedly would come out of the additional $300 a week in expanded benefits, and $25 billion in housing assistance. Nash, any of those numbers strike you as too much or too little?
0: Um, I feel like $25 billion for housing is kind of small, because I feel like that's what most of the... I feel like that's what needs stimulus funding the most is housing. Yeah. Cause that's going to seriously, that's going to like seriously disturb geopolitical areas.
1: Yeah.
0: Areas. It's everywhere. It's going to, it's like, it. it's straight up forcing <laughs> like working class people out and putting wealthier people in.
1: Basically, yeah, there there is a quote down the bottom of the nose. I forget exactly who it's from, but um, I'll try and find it. No, nah, I can't find it. We'll get into it. But um, Not he said right. he est- <laughs> We'll get to it eventually. He <laughs> estimates that the to avoid a housing crisis, that twenty five billion needs to be like at least a hundred billion. So it's a quarter too. Sh- it's a three quarters too short. Um, according to estimates.
0: Yeah, and if if anything, the majority of it won't go to actually to people that actually need it, I mean.
1: Yeah. Right. And like the, the small businesses, I under, I understand the uh the hundred uh two hundred eighty eight billion for loans to small businesses, that's great, but they can't be open, right? So they're gonna shut down anyway.
0: So <laughs> Yeah, so it's a loan is like a temp it's like you've got a temporary pause, but you still have to pay that loan back.
1: Yeah. It's like you're and kicking so, the can down the road for that. 160 is state and local governments; they probably need more. 180 for unemployment insurance. That sounds. I'm not again. I'm not an expert in any of this. I'm just kind of assuming, um, being my best judgment as a 25 year old man. I think in a 300 a week expanded benefits. You know, it was previously 600. That's that's fine. I guess you get an extra 300 on top of your unemployment benefits, but it's going to expire. Right. So if it expires, you just re-, re enroll and you get the full unemployment plus but that unemployment has to come from the business who you were previously employed from. And they yeah, got to get least- that from the $288 from the loan.
0: Yeah. At least part of that has to. Depends yeah. on where you are, I think. But yeah, you're right. If you're laid off or something like that, that, yeah. Yeah, they'd have to. But again, all right, people probably aren't even going to see that money. So it's like you're not even giving enough, and then you won't you won't even give it to the right people.
1: Yeah, if you if you listen to Jimmy Dore, who I've become a fan of recently, uh, his YouTube channel he touts the CARES Act as the the biggest upwards transfer of wealth in history, meaning that from the CARES Act and the Heals Act or the Heroes Act, whatever the fuck it was called, that most of the money went to the upper class, the top 1% and the people got a hundred dollars $1,200 check. So, and it was touted as, you know, we had to do it. We had to make that sacrifice. And he, he does a great interview with, uh, Ro Khanna, who is a Senator in California or I don't know, excuse me. He's a representative of California house representative. And he holds his feet to the fire about that question. Um, and in credit to O'Connor, he answers it, you know, how he's supposed to. But credit for him to actually not avoid the question and credit to him for answering as best he can. But he's pretty much said, like, listen, we had to do this. We had to get people in need, even though it meant most of that money didn't go where it was supposed to go.
0: Which is, it's a travesty. Like, where politics, oh God, that's what really is pissing me off nowadays. We're like, now it's political. Like literally, people's lives are like shitty pol- politics. Yeah. Right now, like the, it reminds me because like the COVID thing it was it was uh, AOC. I think said if Trump released the vaccine, I wouldn't get it. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're telling people. You're telling people not to get the vaccine purely out of your political alignment. Like, just out of spite? Like, this isn't... This isn't a time to, like, play games, really. Especially for how long it's dragged on. And for how you called him a tyrant for closing down the airports when it first happened. Like, this isn't... This isn't, oh, oh, the politics is important time. It's fucking not. It usually isn't. But now it's really fucking not. Yeah. The shit's actually hit the fan and all the people that don't do their job and get paid by the people that pay taxes are not doing anything.
1: Yeah. It's like, is this, is this even going to help or is this too little too late? Is this like a, 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 a peanut butter sandwich for four people when you got to feed a house of 40 people?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's going to happen. It's not going to have an effect that is actually helpful to people that need it. Middle class people that need it. And, they're gonna pat themselves on the back for it.
1: Yep, they're gonna. I think there was a CNN article um, that I read for this, and they were talking about how important this is for the start of Biden's presidency. Primarily, right? In the right. Pe- in the in <laughs> the people were secondary.
0: Like go fuck yourself with that. No one gives a shit if Sleepy Joe what he's doing. He's taking a nap somewhere, breaking his leg.
1: Yeah. Like, I, like the, the, the that basis, was mean,
0: but I'm sorry. Like, like, basis, I, I don't basis, give a shit about these people. The basis of the they article, like, a about us. The basis,
1: the basis of the article was mainly just like you know what this means politically and what it means for the people. But the people were took a back seat to Joe Biden's presidency, according to CNN. That's how, at least, that's how I read it.
0: No, uh, it, I, well, we can answer this question really quickly. When you read the article, what came first? <laughs> Biden. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so most people don't even read the the whole article.
1: Did you see what happened in Texas, Nash? There was a bread line, food line, thousands of cars long, people waiting in line to get food.
0: I didn't see that. Good God, that's awful.
1: In America, in 2020, you know, in Seattle or Portland, I forget which city it was, there was just a video. It was like three minutes long. This car is driving down of tents, tent after tent after tent after tent. For miles. Okay, you to like, give you twenty five billion in housing assistance. 180 hundred and eighty billion in unemployment insurance. Uh 288 billion for small businesses that are gonna close anyway because you won't let them open. Like give them that small loan when they can open.
0: Oh god. Yeah, can we not just freeze it for the time being? Yeah, I know what I'm asking. I know saying that is an absurd thing to say. Don't get me wrong. I know that's like a ridiculous thing, but it seems like the most logical option. Yeah, because I mean, what what do you see? If you, I bet anywhere, all right, right now, if you look up housing anywhere, literally anywhere, especially cities though, because you're gonna have more people, obviously, more data points. I love data points. I bet if you look it up, what you'll see is all the buildings that are owned by corporations or companies, all of those, I bet all of their rent has gone up. Everybody that locally owns, it's somebody that, you know, worked low level or mid level, saved up enough till they could buy a building. They're the ones, that they're the owner, they're the renter, <clears throat> they're the landlord doing all of that, the manager, literally every job, <clears throat> all of their rent has gone down, I bet.
1: Around here, at least what I've been looking, like uh, our rent for our apartment that we're in now, Nash. It was it was going to go up at the F if we signed a new lease, which of course we aren't. Um, so it means I'm apartment hunting, and it's going up. <laughs> when I'm looking on Zillow and like rentals, if you looked back in June, they were cheaper than what they are now, and I know that because I have someone who I know who was looking at apartments in lat- this past June, and they have since gone up. Um, but now looking at like Zillow or apartments.com compared to the average, at least what they were, they're still down. That's a, That's just in Jersey city. That's a very small sample size. Um, even mm. in, even in my budget, which is an even smaller sample size, but you know, once these evictions come, what do you think is going to happen to rent skyrocket or
0: plummet? I think exactly what I said is going to happen. It's really what I'm predicting in large is one of two things happening. um, When people start getting evicted, either a, there's going to be a big war. Or um, people are going to literally take to the streets. It's going to be the housing crisis 10 times worse all over again.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Occupy Wall Street, except, except successful.
0: Except people are literally going to burn it down because those are the people that are still in their homes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the government has to act, and they had months to do it, months and months and months, and they didn't do it, and they're running out of time. The deadline is this week to get something done, so it's bumpable to unemployment. On December 26th, both the federal programs that provide benefits for freelancers and allow unemployed workers to collect an extra 13 weeks of benefits are set to expire, leaving the vast majority of the 20 million Americans who are collecting benefits as of October, which is the most recent data available, with few stopgaps. According to a recent study by the uh, progressive think tank, the Century Foundation, 12 million of these workers will lose their benefits entirely when that deadline hits. Again, the day after Christmas. That is in addition to the roughly 4.4 million who have already exhausted that aid before then. So you're looking at almost 17 million, 16 and a half million people who are going to be affected by this this month. In one month.
0: In one month. Jesus. Jesus. And yeah, that's why I say it's going to be either riots or we're going to go to war because that's the best way to fix the economy is to have a war Um, twofold for pretty horrific reasons. I mean, the government's paying everybody, so everybody's got a job by the government and they always seem to have dollars. And then what happens in war is people die. And when people die, uh, you need more workers because now the person that used to do this job is dead which are both pretty grim realities, but that's how war is pretty helpful. Yeah. Economically. Well, that's Economics isn't in, nice. It isn't pretty. That's what happened in World War II. That's how. No, economy, exactly. How that, was, that, that was back. one of the biggest benefits. Also, you had a huge surge in women's rights because we needed so many people working that it was like, yo, women can definitely do these jobs. Why aren't we letting them? Okay, we need them. Yeah, they can work. And then the men that would return home, they didn't have their jobs. So then that sort of stigma comes out into up into the fifties and the sixties, where you get sort of a increased amount of sexism because all the men are kind of pissed off.
1: Yeah. But I think as of today, how many Americans died in world war two?
0: A lot, not, I'm going to assume it's probably like
1: uh, uh, 100, 100, killed 400,000. 400, 400,000?
0: 400, okay. 407,316
1: okay. to be exact. U.S. military casualties and another 200,000 wounded.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you also got to realize this is what that's the same thing that Hitler did to uh, increase uh, Germany's economy with uh, the, the uh, concentration camps. They took Jewish owned businesses, Jewish workers took them out of the economy to concentration camps. And so now, Oh, I've got this great job now. So nobody's really going to want to fight your system. Yeah. Because, Hey, yeah, the economy is looking up. I got this crazy good job. It's like, yeah, but somebody had to die for you to get it.
1: Yeah. So it's like at this point, I mean, Annie, like it's almost like the government has just been so wishy-washy going back and forth. It's like it doesn't matter if you give a hard stance one way or the other. You're, you're fucked either way. Like, it seems to me there's no way out of this.
0: No, there probably are ways out, but not for us at this point, just because nobody in charge can do it
1: right. or
0: will do it. Right. And a bunch of schmucks in. So it's going to end badly. I mean, that's, I don't want to, want to be like a doomsday guy, but I don't see how this ends positively. It's been too long.
1: Yeah. So evictions, because they're coming. Nash, do you know why the evictions people haven't been, well, I, would say, I was going to say people, I should say most people haven't been evicted as of yet.
0: That's because they were, they were, uh, Put on hold, weren't they?
1: Yeah, but who put it on hold?
0: It was the federal government. It's the CDC. The CDC. If it
1: wasn't for the CDC, the existing moratorium was imposed by the CDC in September after the federal bail on evictions had passed under the CARES Act, which expired at the end of July, and Congress failed to renew it. So the CDC essentially said, listen, it's not safe for people to be out in the streets homeless Because of this disease, you cannot evict. So that's the only reason why people right now are not getting unemployed. It's not because of the government. It's because of the CDC, which isn't a form of government. It works with the government, but it's not a form of government. So technically, the CDC could act again and extend it without Congress. But that would still leave some major holes that people have been taking advantage of people have been getting evicted since July. It's just not in mass. Yeah, right So because first and foremost, the federal ban does not apply to all American renters. And while many cities and states impose their own eviction bans and, and provided other forms of rental relief, many of those protections have already expired or will soon. So even though the federal government didn't do it, certain state governments like New Jersey has put in an order saying, hey, listen, no evictions until this is over. Now it's back in August. So no evictions until further notice until we declare this pandemic over. So they can do that without the federal government. And the CDC can, you know, say like, hey, no. Jesus. It's like our federal government is so fucking bad. They had to have the CDC and the states do their job for them.
0: Yeah, which is what the states are for. But that, I mean, it's amazing the fact that that's, I didn't know it was just the CDC. That's a pretty incredible fact.
1: Nationally, it was just the CDC. I didn't know that either until reading that. I was fucking shocked. Shocked. A new study by the National Low Income Housing Coalition, coalition, the N-H-I-H-C, N-L-I-H-C, Um, estimates that as many as 6.7 million renters, renters, renter households, or roughly 9.19 million people risk being evicted in the coming months. While an extension of the ban would definitely be a good thing without any additional relief for renters, it would essentially kick the can down the road. Because as we know, and if you don't, you now, you know, people who haven't paid rent since March or April, Or May or June or July or August or September, October, November or this month in December, all that money is owed. Every dime of it is owed. So that debt is piling up. So even though you can't be evicted, you still owe that money. Oh, but you can't work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not only can you not work,
1: not only can you not work, we can't help you. We being the government. Because we had an election to take care of.
0: Yeah. Jesus. Good God. And that's the thing. Usually, I feel like I'm not usually doom and gloom on this, but it's, it's really is just a matter of, uh, I think the biggest, or the most important point you made was kicks the can further down the line because that's literally the state that we're living in is everything that is done to help because none of the, it's all such a soft solution it, it, it's a it's a band-aid on somebody you know getting amputated it, it stops it a little sure but that's not really the big issue you're not you're not actually helping the problem you're just dragging a sort of the inevitability of it out yeah it's like, typically, if that happens, usually it's like, okay, well, somebody's going to come along and, you know, that's what we're doing. We need more time to work on the solution. They're not. They need more time to work on the Band-Aid.
1: And they have until the 11th. We were yeah. this on December 7th. So, good luck out there. And even if the CDC extends the moratorium, people will not have to pay in January. But... The CDC cannot legally allocate money for rent relief at a federal level. That's the job of the most useless band of people in the country, our Congress.
0: Yep. The
1: NLIHC estimates that... there is Here's a, sta- here's a stat, Nash. They estimate that $100 billion in emergency rental assistance is needed to avoid an eviction crisis. With local governments already, already running uh, out of money because of the pandemic, this... They will likely not be able to do much without more money from another round of stimulus. But that's okay. They're gonna have twenty-five billion dollars to. They're gonna have half a billion dollars to be divided up between fifty states because of twenty-five billion. in the moratorium, uh, in the uh, in the stimulus that's being that's being uh, suggested. But before we even talk about this this um, this plan, we won't even pass. It has to pass first. <laughs> It has to pass. God. So, will it pass? Nash, do you see this bill, dr- this drafted proposal passing as is?
0: Uh, probably not immediately.
1: No. Nope. Not a chance. I would bet my house on it, the house I don't even own. thats I'll bet my parents' house. Sorry, Mom.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: But it's not going to pass. <laughs> so, while the proposal was drafted by senators from both parties, so that's a good thing. It is still uncertain if leadership will sign on. Ah, fuck, that's right. Leadership. We don't have that. For months,
0: the people... Yeah, you got air quotes around leadership.
1: For months, the people at the very top have failed to communicate, to compromise, and refuse to budge from their drastically different proposals. So, members from both parties have aimed to try and find areas they could agree on. Extending unemployment benefits, school funding providing money for testing and vaccine distribution, and re-upping another round of PPP, Payment Protection Program. Now, that leadership, in air quotes, falls to House Speaker Nancy, go fuck yourself Pelosi, and Majority Leader Mitch, go fuck yourself McConnell. Ultimately, the House and Senate are, are all about leadership, and those talks are still stalled. God. Pelosi, McConnell, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy haven't been in a room hashing out details uh, for hours on end. They haven't met each other. In fact, the top negotiators haven't met since the election to try and come together. They haven't met since they haven't met. In, they haven't met in over a month. Oh
0: my god. I, I, is this a game to them yeah is this,
1: it really is
0: I, it's like they don't know like the the they you're gonna have to reap what you sow and they don't really know what they're growing and that's the thing you know i'm 24 i think I'm not the smartest guy around. I often call myself an idiot and often believe it, (laughs) but even I can see this doesn't end like well for them that like the issue still exists. Remember I said months ago, the issue is going to be in the housing and the issue is still in the housing. It hasn't changed I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of stuff happened that was just to pull people's attention away from this. When it's like literally people are getting put on the streets. You think it's going to like deter their attention? Like, yeah, that, that monolith was really fucking weird. Don't get me wrong. But also America's going broke and homeless. They're bigger fish to fry. I'm saying a lot of cliches this episode.
1: I love it. I love you. And I like, I'm usually the king of analogies, but you're, you're well,
0: honestly, I think what it has to do is like, this is just such common sense to me. I don't know. I may sound like a crazy person or a doomsday, whatever, but doomsday preppers. Um, but that's just really all it is. It's like just common knowledge that, that like that's this is going to happen. Okay. There's a huge problem. The problem's only gotten bigger. You're not doing anything to solve it. You're the people who are supposed to solve it. Who do you think we're all going to get pissed at?
1: It's okay, Nash. Pelosi uh, is, is going to win uh, her, her House Speaker status for another two years unanimously. No one of in the Democratic Party wants to challenge her. Not one person. Not AOC, not Bernie, not anyone from the squad, nobody.
0: No, I'm not saying the Democratic Party are Nazis. I'm certainly not saying that. Nope. What I am saying is, though, it pulls back to that similar concept that I brought up about Hitler. Yeah, nobody's going to question it because they want their job.
1: hmm
0: So that's why, oh, yeah, you're going to be really, you're going to be fine with what happens because guess what? Nobody else can get work.
1: Yeah, AOC can't go back to being a bartender. And in, in defense of AOC, if I were her, I can't say I wouldn't do the exact same thing. But Alexandra, the people in your district elected you to fight this leadership, to fight for what you believe for. Whether or not I personally agree with you is one thing. Whether or not your ideas are radical is another thing. But you're not even fighting. You're,
0: you're not f- trying to solve the blatant issue at hand. You're another lap dog. And it's not just to her, it's to literally like all of these people. There's maybe like two or three like actual elected officials that take that position seriously. And they don't they don't have enough force. Yeah. And when the force does come, it's not gonna be that nice. No. Uh, that's the that's the reality.
1: Yeah, I mean, we for months we've been talking about how we can't defend the the riots for Black Lives Matter, all the violence. If and when those riots happen for housing and COVID response, I'm gonna have a hard time honestly sticking to my guns and saying they shouldn't be doing it.
0: Every well, that's the thing because everybody's going to be doing it.
1: Yeah. That's- it's
0: not it's not going to be one political ideology it's not going to be behind one racial demographic it's not going to be under anything it's literally going to be people that work and that uh, It's going to fix the problem when you had a chance. That's all. That's really <laughs> It's just about all I can say about the matter because now it's gone too far. The can's been kicked about as far as it can go.
1: It's been kicked so far. They're looking for a new can.
0: Exactly. And it really is. Nothing is going to be. No one's going to care as much about anything else. Yeah. It's going to get infinitely worse.
1: So Pelosi has pushed for a much more comprehensive $2.2 trillion package, quote, I'm optimistic that we will have bipartisanship to put something together to go forward because I do believe that many of our colleagues colleagues understand what's happening in their districts and want to make a difference. See, even that quote, our colleagues understand what's happening in their districts, not, we understand what's going on in the country. We understand what's happening in our districts. You just don't care about anyone else, then.
0: Of course, her district is fine. Well, said- somebody Google the net income of like her district. Hmm.
1: Net oh, you actually are. see <laughs> Pelosi's district. Uh, Representation. Okay. California's 12th con- congressional district since 2013. Pelosi distribution, 100% urban, 0% rural. Median household income, Nash, you could guess.
0: I don't know. Is it more than
1: 100 $113,919. Ha! <laughs>
0: Yeah, her district is fine. (laughs) I say that. They're probably not. Because I know there are people that are under that, well under that.
1: Mitch McConnell has insisted on a much smaller $500 billion bill that would not include money to state and local governments or another round of stimulus checks. But would include sweeping liability protections for businesses, so they cannot be sued if an employer or customer got COVID because of their lack of safety precautions. That's <laughs> that's your leadership.
0: It's it's really a twofold issue because because they're two parties mainly. It's because the Republicans' side doesn't want to give what's needed which is classic stance the democrats want to give still not enough that's what's needed but the thing is anytime the government does something like this it doesn't follow through well with it you get billions of dollars going to inmates for unemployment instead you get major corporations that get small business loans you don't actually, what we need won't actually be distributed. So I really don't see a a fun way out of this or a good way out of this. Because even if they did pass enough money that we need, guarantee at the minimum, a third of it's going to go to the wrong place. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I don't even know if this would work. Only write a bill that helps people Not businesses, not unemployment. Just straight stimulus to the people. Don't give money to people who are supposed to give money to someone else. No, 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 no. Give money directly to people who need it. Which is everybody. Just about.
0: If anything, honestly, what you should do is risk it on the banks. But they're too big to fail again. No, they can't fail.
1: They failed before.
0: They're not allowed to. Yeah, but then they got bailed out. Yeah, there you go.
1: So Congress must pass a spending bill to fund the government by December 11th. That's this Friday. Or they risk a shutdown. Nash, probability the government goes into shutdown.
0: I would, I, okay, so this is the tricky issue when we do probability. I assume I use logic. I try to interpret things mainly historically. I know my biases. Biases, bias, I know my bias. Logically, I would say the chance of them shutting down is zero because if they shut down, there would probably be blood on the streets. (laughs) Yeah, the probability of them shutting down is about fifty fifty, though.
1: Yeah, I give people it. I give are, it a fifty. I give it a fifty fifty. It's going to happen, or it's going to. It's not.
0: They're going to. They're fucking morons. And that uh, it's it's really a matter of like do you. They oh got another cliche. They made the bed. They're going to have to sleep in it. And if they don't make it, people are going to make it for them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and then they'll be evicted, and then they'll be on the streets. Well, at least the head will be.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to promote violence. I don't
1: either. I don't want to see people's heads on streets.
0: I just, I'm assuming that is what's going to happen because that. Well, it, I, I'd like to, I'd like for somebody to suggest another logical thing that happens because that seems like what it's going to be about because that's the most unifying issue because guess what it doesn't matter your gender doesn't matter your race doesn't matter your religion doesn't matter really anything every all demographics are going to get evicted yeah. across the board it's going to be disproportionate sure but every demographic is going to be affected by that you're going to single-handedly piss off Every single demographic at once. Except for the super rich.
1: <sighs> Experts and congressional aides are pinning their hopes of COVID relief measures being rolled into the $1.4 trillion annual government budget. And that has to be done by Friday. It has been done for the past eight months, but God damn it, it has to be done by Friday. All right. So speaking of the budget, we're talking about the defense budget. Because Trump is up to his old tricks. Last Tuesday, President Trump threatened to veto the $740 billion annual defense budget spending bill if Congress does not repeal Section 230 from the Communications Decency Act. Now, Nash, Section 230, as we all know, became yeah. law in 1996. It gives social media companies the ability to moderate posts on their platforms without liability. It also shields them from lawsuits from what people post on these platforms. Now, both Democrats and Republicans have argued that the section should be revised, but for different reasons. It's unlikely that Congress will completely repeal the law, but if he does view a defense bill, that could potentially be overridden by Congress. If it's not the process for proposing a bill passing would begin anew in january and would possibly be pla- passed un- pa- would possibly not be passed until president elect joe biden takes office your reaction to this bombastic story
0: um i don't think either of them have any logic behind it um they have ideas behind it yeah but the, i the bill i think relatively is pretty Fucking perfect. It gives just enough freedom and just enough action. So here's the thing: you can't you can't have an issue with what the uh, with what is said, which is fair. It'd be impossible to hundred percent moderate moderate every single dialogue that occurs on those platforms. You'd have to employ more people than their there. You'd have to employ more people than messages being created, which is impossible. So, you know, that's fine. The company shouldn't have to do that. What is, what should happen is you don't like the app. You go to a new one,
1: which is exactly what's happening with parlor. Exactly. Right. And now people on the left are calling parlor. This right wing dumpster fire of hate. That shouldn't exist. Well, maybe it wouldn't exist if you didn't try shutting it down on the app that you have that you're so not happy with, which is the left-wing dumpster fire that we're just going to turn into in Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: Yeah, like, and I don't want people to think that I'm all about social media. I'm not. I'm about rights. Rights make sense. You know, you follow follow it. That's humane rights. You know. They own it. They can do whatever they want on it. I don't care what Twitter rules they make. I, I the worst thing they do is how much data they can collect from you. That is probably something that should be revised and edited, but it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of not in the like the foreground of it. It's way off in the background that nobody cares about.
1: So this isn't a new thing. Uh, Trump has done it before, but before we get into that, why they want to amend the Democrats and Republicans. So in September, the Justice Department submitted legislation to Congress that would erode protections granted by Section 230. Like Trump, it also argued that tech companies have engaged in a quote-unquote anti-conservative bias. In fact, such an argument has become increasingly common among Republicans. Now, I do agree. I think there is an anti-conservative bias. Because if there wasn't, Parler wouldn't exist. And we've seen it time and time again with people like Steven Crowder, people like Jordan Peterson, people like Ben Shapiro, people like, um, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Um, uh, she's a black woman. Uh, I can't remember her name. But her, on the right, um, people like Alex Jones, people like Milo Yiannopoulos. There is an anti-conservative bias, but I don't think that that means we should erode Section Two Hundred and Thirty personally.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's the wrong battlefield to fight on. You let the market decide.
1: Yeah. Now the left, on the other hand, in October, the FCC said it would re-examine and clarify and clarify the meaning of Section Two Hundred and Thirty, a move that could potentially change protections that statue currently gives tech companies. Because of that, the agency was criticized as being a puppet of the Trump administration. All right, so the FCC, thats not, not a Democratic thing. I read the wrong point. But the FCC has then t- taken some action against it, yada, yada, yada. Um, Democrats also have a problem with it. Here we go. Particularly because they say it still allows for harmful content to spread online. Well, here's the problem. You can't stop that. That's no, impossible. Course. It's like, okay, yeah. let's stop it from spreading in Times Square. What's to stop you from saying the, the guy who in his underwear with, who, who, with, with the cowboy hat on in Times Square, he's Republican, he's pro-Trump, you can stop him from spreading harmful content? What's the difference?
0: It's like, that's exactly what it's, it, oh, gosh, that God, I'm getting angry this week. Usually I don't get angry. It's literally why it, Section 230 was written the way it was, because both of those things are fine. If people don't like it, they'll make a new one. Yeah. And of course, you can't fully monitor everything because if you fully monitor everything, you just can't. There are not enough people on earth. There's not enough enough to be able to literally do that. Yeah. It's like, okay. When was 1996? Who the hell was in charge then? Because whoever made that was probably the smartest goddamn politician we've ever had. Like, yeah, you really can't monitor everything. But, I mean, they own it, so, you know, let them do what they want with it. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. That makes sense.
1: It's literally why free speech is written. It's why it's number one, because you cannot, even back then in 1776, when there was probably like a million people in the whole country, they knew you couldn't monitor speech. Probably not
0: even that, and most of them couldn't even read.
1: (laughs) That too.
0: (laughs) That's and they're right. like, you know what? This this talking shit is pretty important. This reading thing, it's going to be big. <laughs> it's the most important. That's why it's first.
1: That's why it's the most important. You know why everything else in this country exists? You know why like the civil rights ex- movements existed? The black rights movement existed? You know why slavery ended? Because they could talk and speak and convey why it's wrong.
0: They just want to silence it. Wait, uh... Oof. It amazes me.
1: Right? So yeah, hate speech is bad. Uh, Disinformation is bad. But that comes with freedom. That comes with the territory. Because why- if you monitor the bad, you're also going to monitor the good. And the good heavily outweighs the bad. Look at the past 200 years of this country. That's example for you.
0: That's why they try to uh, get rid of it. They try to. They can't because it's not... Feasible to get rid of everything. Other things that'll touch at it all. It's like I stopped using Facebook and Twitter years ago. Why? It was very political and I didn't like to read all of that. I didn't need any of that information in my head. I went to Instagram. Why? Bunch of pictures of people on vacation or eating food. That doesn't offend me. That looks like a fun place to visit. That's all I got from that. But now they're getting political again. They're making things more political it's like, ah, it's just, it's painful because you watch people on both sides just say the most ignorant thing. And they don't care because all the people they follow are all the same mindset. And if they're not unfollow, I don't like what they say.
1: Yeah. If you disagree with me, unfriend me. I'm sorry to see you go.
0: Not. Like, no, I've got super liberal friends. I've got super conservative friends, super liberal followers, super conservative followers and people I follow. I, I don't care. That's, I'm not on Instagram to talk politics. I'm on Instagram to have, show some fun times. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's right? That's cool.
1: Me and Nash, me and Nash, literally use Instagram to send memes to each other. That's literally yeah.
0: it, and it's it. outstanding.
1: <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. It's my favorite. <laughs> that's
0: all I do. Uh, that's all I care about. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about your politics on social media. I, I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, like,
1: I no- ca- I care about your politics on the U Mad Bro podcast. I care about talking about it. For an hour, if not more.
0: And like, even if that I don't care, I, I still engage in that. I still read it. I still look at it. Why? Because I'm not so one minded where it's like, oh, this, they have, they have a different view than me. I don't like them. I'm like, no, they're, they're a good person. They just think something else politically. Yeah,
1: That's fine. Yeah.
0: Good for them. Let them stay strong, yeah. but you're not going to sway me in a post.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, so Trump's threat. (sighs) He tweeted, Section 230, which is a liability shielding, uh, which is a liability shielding gift from the U.S. to quote, big tech, parenthesis, the only companies in America that have it, corporate welfare, and parenthesis, this is a serious threat to our national security and election integrity. Our country can never be safe and secure if we allow it to stand. Therefore, if the very dangerous and unfair Section 230 is not completely terminated as part of the National Defense Association Act, I will be forced to unequivocally veto the bill when sent to the very beautiful Resolute Desk. Take back America now! Thank
0: you. And see, here's what my issue with that. Um, I guess the general issue with that. If the issue is big tech being so big, um break break up big tech, don't infringe on rights. You yeah.
1: know, yeah, big tech owns the government though, don't you know that? It,
0: it, big big tech is too big. All right, make it smaller, break it up. <laughs>
1: you can Bust do that, trust. you're the president.
0: <laughs> Bust the trust, baby. <laughs> Presidents have done it before. (laughs) But no, we're going to, we want to be able to sue Twitter for not letting me say things on something they own. Well,
1: here's the thing, Nash. When I first told you this story and I pitched this to you, the first thing you said was Trump should love 230 because without it, he would never be allowed to tweet again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the part that he wants to get rid of <laughs> seeing this now, the part that he wants to get rid of, again, it's just human right. It's just like the rights you have. Like they can't monitor everything. And of course they have the ability to monitor things on something they own. Yeah. What's the point of owning something if you can't do what you want with it?
1: Right. What I found hilarious is that this isn't even the first time he threatened to do this. Uh, he threatened it earlier this year if Congress voted to rename the Army posts into the Confederate generals, which is adorable.
0: If they threaten to rename them?
1: Yeah, if he threatened to rename Army posts after Confederate generals, he would, he would veto the defense budget.
0: What do you mean posts? Just like... Uh...
1: Like, uh, like I guess um, outposts, yeah, like, uh, Ar- army posts, bases and stuff. Army, yeah, army bases. So why he wants it repealed?
0: Yeah, that's kind of dumb.
1: So two thirty allows companies like Twitter without repercussion to remove tweets that include false information and to mark other tweets if they are misleading something it's been actively doing against Trump's tweets since May. In recent weeks, Twitter has flagged a flurry of Trump's tweets pertaining to unfounded conspiracy theories about election fraud. This isn't the first time Trump has criticized 230. After he was flagged in May, he signed an executive order instructing federal regulators to look up how to roll back parts of the section. With that, he argued section 230 allows social media companies to engage in anti-conservative
0: bias. So good luck, Donald. So, Yeah, which I mean, they definitely have. I definitely have a, a conservative bias but Yeah, they do. It's their company. You're not uh, you're not, you know. That's that's
1: Yeah, I don't agree with them having it, but they have the right to do it, which is very It's
0: it, Yeah, it's messed up that they do it. It's unfair. It's cheap and you're an ass, but you're allowed to do it, so. Yeah. And it's I like... believe in that right to do it more than <laughs> like I believe in that right for your ability to do it.
1: Yeah, it's like fuck you for doing it. I don't think you should do it, but You legally can do it.
0: You do it, and I agree with 230. I think it's just right. Yeah. It strikes a good balance, which is rare nowadays.
1: So it's interesting that he always goes after the defense bill, which is adorable because the defense bill is arguably the most important thing we have in this country in terms of spending and budgeting.
0: Um, It's the one thing we do right.
1: Maybe not the most necessary but
0: yeah, 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 it's oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying our budgeting for the defense is the best thing we do. I'm saying our defense is the best thing we yeah, do. Yeah,
1: but it's something every single politician would agree on should not be cut. Probably, if anything, most, if not all, would say we should spend more. You want proof? Go look at Trump pulling, kind of pulling people out of Syria. In the left's reaction, you'll see what I mean. So it's the defense budget is an annual bill that shapes the Pentagon's policy by directing how funds are appropriated. That includes pay raises, troop levels, new weapons, and how to compensate, how to compete with other world powers like China and Russia. Notably this year's defense bill includes a 3% pay raise for all U S troops, which, Hey, I'm for that. If anything, the defense budget should go to, it should go to the troops.
0: Um, I should probably increase Veteran Affairs because that's a shit show. But that's yeah, I, no, I totally agree. They probably need an increase in cybersecurity across the board.
1: So there's a there's a there's a rush to pass this bill because the new Congress comes in on January third. If Congress doesn't pass, if doesn't, if if, if, uh, if this Congress doesn't, the whole process will have to start over from scratch in January.
0: Which nobody likes because then you're gonna. Piss off the military, and they have guns and they know how to use them.
1: Yeah, there's one thing the government's afraid of it's the military.
0: Yeah, because ours is pretty good. Ours pre- is pre- way pre- better than it needs to be. <laughs> pretty good. We got Space Force, ladies and gents. We have lasers. Lasers. We have we laser beams. We have lasers on ships.
1: We need them for the <laughs> UFOs they saw. Oh my God. like what do you what do you think of the defense budget in general?
0: Well, my issue is like um there was a few years ago I haven't looked up it recently so I apologize but it was like a trillion dollars or something was like listed as black projects, which means they just they, you don't know where the money's going and it's honestly like I'd like to know vaguely like if it you just put r and d development okay at least I know I have some idea. It's just like blacklisted projects are just like I, you could literally, you know, be seeing what kind of carrot is the best. And nobody knows that you're doing that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's a uh, confidential.
0: Yeah. So that, I mean, that is kind of, and eh, people that always say like, you know we shouldn't spend this money. It's kind of like, eh, we kind of have to, Russia.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much where I land, or at least very close. We definitely spend too much money on our military, on wars we shouldn't still be in.
0: Oh, without a doubt.
1: In wars we don't need to be in. But on the same, on the other, on the other token, same token. The military budget should be the highest thing that we budgetize. It should be the thing we spend the most on because it keeps us the most safe. Our defense budget is so high, so other countries won't fuck with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: that makes sense to me. Does it need to be as high as it is? No, not even close. Because we need to invest in ourselves, not in our military.
0: And I mean, there's also the belief that every time, like the reason we've been like almost constantly at war since Vietnam. It's the assumption that the military just does that. So we have people that are combat trained. Yeah. Which is a horrific thing to think about. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't because we are in a lot of sort of unnecessary wars but realistically we straight up are the world's police. Yeah. Like that's just a matter of fact. We are NATO. That's it. NATO won. So we had to keep it going.
1: And what is NATO to the, for the people?
0: Uh, it's the North Atlantic treaty organization. It's essentially, okay. So you had the Warsaw pact. um, this is Cold War. You the Warsaw Pact was for the Soviet states. You had the NATO, which was the Western states, mainly the United States. Actually, just entirely the United States because they paid for everything. And those were the forces, you know, that agreed to those ideologies of democracy. And yeah, that's about it.
1: So it's like all of Europe, right, essentially.
0: Yeah, they would have been part of it. It actually determined what was first, second, and third world. Mm. That was the original defining of it. So NATO was first world countries because our countries had genuine economies. Second world was Soviet because most of the people starved. And then third world were people and countries that didn't pick a side. Mm.
1: So essentially, America fronts the bill... For like Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, their military defense budget essentially is going to be so crashed because we got their back.
0: Yeah, Switzerland doesn't have to have an army because we've got the best one.
1: No wonder they have free health care.
0: It helps, yeah. No, definitely, because that—that's kind of the sticky pickle I'm in. Because I personally, yeah, free health care sounds cool. I'm about that. Yeah, sure. But also, where are we going to get the money? Because we're already, you know, protecting our own personal interests. And I think the approach is correct. You have to approach it from a global scale because we're a global world now. Yeah. It's kind of like, yes, you see other countries reap the benefits of that that we don't have, you know. And it could be done better. Don't get me wrong. It could definitely be done better but it's the government doing it and the government's trash yeah every government's trash
1: especially this government alright that's, so
0: that's just a fact
1: let's just let's just run through to end the show a few couple scenarios what could happen next with this Trump could back down on his threat in, to sign a veto uh, some analysts even expect him to back down though others have been more skeptical about the claim in nearly six decades the NDAA which is a defense budget has never been vetoed by a president Congress could override Trump's veto As it stands right now, each chamber has passed their own versions of the bill with enough bipartisan support to do just that. Still, it's unclear if those margins will hold up and when the final bill is negotiated between the chambers. For reference, Congress hasn't been able to override any of Trump's eight vetoes during his time in office. On top of that, many Republicans will likely question whether to side with Trump or the Pentagon. They're going to side with the Pentagon. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because on January 20th, The Pentagon's still going to be there. Uh, Finally, Trump could successfully veto the NDAA. If that happens, as noted earlier, the Congress would then have to start the process over and likely wait until Biden is in office to pass it. Quote, even in the most optimistic scenario, any final rule will be challenged immediately in a court and can be put on hold. That's from Scott Shackelford, an associate professor of business law and ethics at Indiana University. Plus, he goes on to say, any executive action in this context cannot fundamentally change Section 230, not without congressional action. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. A little food for thought. Does he understand the truly situation America is in and how we are all
0: fucked? Ah, we'll be fine.
1: Some of us will be fine.
0: Nah, man, the common people, they just rise up when stuff like this happens.
1: That's true. The government may or may not be overthrown.
0: They hide in the hole and pray to whatever God they believe in.
1: And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode number 68 of the You Mad Bro podcast. Sorry for the doom and gloom, but it had to be done. We got to tell you how it is, ladies and gentlemen. We just got to tell you what's what with the best our minds can purvey it. So go to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and check out all of the Madbro Podcast archives. It is all there on that website. Beautiful website, by the way. Um, you can go to Spotify, listen to all the archives. Stitcher, listen to all the archives. iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon, Google Podcasts.
0: Everywhere. At literally everywhere podcasts are.
1: But the most important place. Invegaspodcasts.com. Follow our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube for some videos. It's not happening as much, but still go there. Like, subscribe.
0: <laughs>
1: you know... Support us Right Nash?
0: Yes, correct All right, Nash. I gotta pee so bad and you've taken so long In the outro this week
1: I'm sorry, uh, what god do you believe in?
0: Uh That's a tough one Well we should all believe in the god within ourselves
1: And we'll be back next week As long as
0: You stay angry